You're listening to TalkZone.com, Internet Talk Radio. We are back, and we are talking about what is ego and how to work through it. My goodness. I remember when I was doing my earnest ego work. You know, I continue to do ego work because you continue to do it forever. But when I did the beginning, getting the cogs moved in in total, I was such an idiot. Um, it was physically painful to to begin working through the ego. And you know, the, when I finally, you know, at first when I was told I had too much ego, I I didn't even know what it meant. <laughs> Let me go look that up. <laughs> <laughs> True. And then, you know, I had no idea what humbleness was. And I was at this um, house cleaning job that I was doing. And these people were really strongly on a spiritual path for like 30 years. And I found this little paragraph that talked about humbleness. And it was like this lightning bolt struck me. And I went, this is what humbleness is? I had no idea. Hmm. And I, I wrote it down, took it home, and asked uh, Master Leviticus to come through my ex-husband to talk to me about this. And I said, is this what you're talking about? And he smiled and said, <laughs> that's a beginning, dear one. <laughs> but I don't comprehend it. <laughs> I know. God, it was. Well, you know, sometimes you read a paragraph and it's like pregnant with meaning. And it just sort of like fills you with this knowing of, oh my God, that's what I've been wondering about. And then like a week or a day or a year later, you go back and read the same paragraph and it's not pregnant with knowing. You kind of wonder what happened to the pregnant. Mm -hmm. And what that pregnant is, is your guides, you know, just flooding you with understanding. You know, and I'm sure you out in the audience have noticed this before, the same phenomenon of... Boy, when I read that sentence, it just hit me. And then I went back and read it again later and wondered. A year later or whatever. And you wonder, what was that all about? Yeah, just not much there. Yeah, but it's your guides flooding you with this understanding and knowing and beingness that actually helps you to understand, you know, whatever problem you're in. It it happens all the time. It does. If you're looking for it, you'll notice it more and more. Yeah, because your guides are with you all the time. So in this article, apparently this is a quote from St. Paul when he was working with his ego. He said, there is another law inside of me telling me to refuse the will of God, to do things against him, to refuse his grace. It tries to keep me in my past, in my old life, to take me far away from the Lord, to prevent me from following the Lord. So, of course, this is our ego side that says, I want to do it my way on my terms, and I just don't care about anything else. And these parts of us have to be inside of us first in order for the dark to come through. He says here, uh, this uh, Dionysius, which, you know, I, I don't agree with this. He says, we don't understand that this enemy that we have inside of us is not ourself. It is not our personality, it is only a temptation. And that just simply isn't true. What is true is that uh, we have to have the hole in us already in order for the dark to come through and make that hole bigger. And if we patch up all the holes and you go, what do you mean by holes? Well, do you have, for instance, a selfish side or a greedy side or a coveting or a pushy or a demanding side? Let's say you have a selfish side that owns maybe 
maybe 10% of you. Some of you might be 90% of you. But even if it was 10% of you, the dark would be able to come in and make it bigger. If you patched up that, what does that mean? What do I mean by patched up? I mean that every time a selfish thought comes into your mind, you keep transforming it. You keep denying it. So denying is how you transform it. You go, no, you like, Keith's way of saying it is you re-educate it. You go, no, we're not going to do that behavior because when we do that behavior, not only do we hurt other people, but we really aren't helping ourselves any. And do you notice that when we act that way, we don't like ourselves as well? You know, a more and more enlightened heart or a more and more enlightened mind uh, doesn't like behaving in this shabby way. It just is not comfortable, does not feel good. Um, so you begin to, as you get of a higher quality in your mind and in your heart, you begin to go away from these egoed ways of reacting to life and actually you're out of control where your ego is in control of you and you don't even own yourself enough to tame your ego. Because a lot of times... We actually don't want to do what our ego wants to do, but our ego wants to do it, and we haven't gained control. So, you know, if you want real freedom, you control your ego. You manage it. You re-educate it to where the energy that's going into your ego begins to go into supporting your natural God-given higher destiny flow instead of it runs off in reaction and rebellion and selfishness. So say you have another part of yourself that's greedy. So every time you go, I want more, I want more, I want more, then you re-educate that part and you go, you don't need more. You have what you need. Or you have your share. Now, as long as that greedy part is running around in you, alive and well, the dark can come in and make it bigger. Like, you know, make it just explode inside of you. But when you re-educate it and transform it until it's gone and you don't experience greed anymore, then the dark can't come in. And then you're free. You are free. You know, slavery is just a uh, covering. This is We are slaves to our ego in different ways, however that is for each one of us. And there is the true, you know, the outside slavery is nothing compared to the inside slavery where you don't even control your thoughts, your attitudes, uh, your ego. So if you really want to get free, and you know, most of us going around, we're slaves to our egos in certain ways. We're, we go into reaction, we go into petty responses, we go into destructive, counterproductive responses, instead of actually being free by being whole and commanding ourselves in, in the way we should go. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your life, your spiritual lifestyle experts with sound answers to life's tough questions, Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. If you'd like to call in, we're at 1-800-336-2225. You know, this is, this is somewhat intellectual and it's somewhat hard, but there's also a, a deep resonation of what feels right. It's intuitive, it's gut feeling, it's heart feeling, it's uh, sound reason uh, thinking and so it's deeper than just thinking uh, well this is okay or I can get away with that it goes down to and you can tell what's right if you care to by being still and centered and quiet and uh, a lot of people will call that meditation a meditative state 
Be still and know how you are God. Be still and know how the God force would want to move through you each moment. You want to get free. You want to get whole. You want to have an insurance policy against the woes of the world that are coming at us from every direction. Get right with your God self. Be true to your God self. And follow through with your God self. So Dionysius continues and he says... This is why I said that the biggest problem in mankind is in each person, not outside him. Boy, I couldn't agree more. Can you imagine, you folks, can you imagine if an Islamic extremist chose to transform those inner parts of himself that want to take over the world? What would happen if all of them did that? What would happen if every serial killer on the planet went in and transformed the inner part of himself so that these these rages that run through them could no longer get a hold of them? What if they transformed themselves from the inside out? And I know there's a lot of folks that say, well, that's what we're talking about is negotiation and getting them to transform. But you see, so far they haven't put their hand up with any opening (laughs) there's no opening to do that well this is where force is what's left right i understand but the thing of it is 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 you and i need to begin this process by working on ourselves we need to begin the process by going inside and finding those parts of ourselves that we know we need to change and begin changing them most parts of us that are in ourselves that need to change are based in ego. And that's where we need to go to work on it. He actually, Dionysius says that um, we, when we reunite, um, we unite our personality, which is a priceless event with our faults. But you see, the truth is, is that we bring in our faults. We bring in into this you know, this is kind of interesting. This is what we're going to be doing tomorrow on the show. Yes. It, it ties right in because in our pre-birth contracts, we bring in, I'm going to work on selfishness. I'm going to work on greed. I'm going to work on coveting. I'm going to work on being pushy and demanding. I'm going to be work, working on self-focused. And the list goes on and on and on about the versions that people choose that they're going to work on in this lifetime to transform. You write that right into your pre-birth contract. This is part of the agreement you have when you come here is you're here to transform these. And let's not forget, you're transforming these parts for your soul. Mm-hmm. This isn't just a wasted, oh, we're on earth to play, let's go find bliss. This is we're on earth to make a difference in transforming ourselves on behalf of our soul. And while we're at it, maybe we can transform ourselves enough that then we can go help other human beings do the same thing and get a role going. For instance, let's say your soul has a propensity to being selfish, self-centered, and hoarding everything for yourself. So before you come to Earth, you'll have a... uh, discussion with your guides of light and the karmic board and and you all will decide your soul and them you'll decide uh let's see what what shall we design to help us begin to deal with our propensity to being so selfish and self-centered so let's say the beginning is you're born into a family you're the eighth one of 13 children there's not enough food for anybody there's not enough love or care for everyone it's a stretch strain situation in a poverty 
uh, country, community, and you're just, you know, there's no place for your selfishness to go. And you're in the middle of the lineup. A lot of times the first child and the last child get, get a lot of the special stuff. Well, you're in the middle of the lineup. So this will begin to work on your selfishness and sort of force you that, uh, you know, this just isn't a way that functions. You, you'll need to get over it. And the slower you're willing, the slower you're willing to get over it, the more pain and discomfort and confusion and inner torment you'll incur. You know, some more uh, of our dark sides look like uh, lying, cheating, uh, m- basic meanness. These are all sides of our dark side that we're here to transform. I've um, I've met some people who are chronic liars, and they get proud of themselves when they stop. You know, like, well, I'm only lying 50 percent of the time now. <laughs> yeah, I, I stop that's, myself on the obvious ones. That's, <laughs> that's progress. <laughs> and it is. It is progress. That's right. But we need to get down to that. We aren't liars and clean. cheaters. Yeah. Yes, clean. You know, when you do that, and you give yourself permission to do that, what happens? is you create that resonation all throughout you. So you begin to find the outer world that corresponds to the resonation of your inner world, which means you get to be around a lot of liars and cheaters around you messing with you too. Yeah, this because that's goes, what you're resonating at. Yeah, this goes back to that, I get to co-create. Well, sweetie, you already did co-create. The life you have right now, you co-created. Totally co-created. And if, and if you've been basically a liar, you got liars all around you, and it's kind of interesting. If you've been a liar, you find that you don't trust people all around you, and you know, the place, so you want to stop all those liars from being around here, the place to go is inside yourself, and transform that part of you that craves being a liar. Stop being a liar at all times. And after a little while, what happens is you start magnetically drawing to you people that aren't liars because you have transformed that pattern. And this goes across the board to all patterns. The things you don't like in your life, you stop and look at yourself and go, how am I drawing this to me? What part of me yeah. is drawing this to me? Because co-creation has been going on since God created the world. It's not a new concept. And you don't have to lift a finger to do it. It's happening based on your magnetic energy, your patterns, and your pre-birth contract. And you don't have to do anything about it. So when you're devious or manipulative or a deceitful kind of person, then you start drawing to you um, those kind of people. And that's the jungle you're in. And surely most of you have observed people who are just chronically suspicious and can't trust virtually anybody. They just don't have trust because basically they got so much of them that's not trustworthy. <laughs> you, you see, you, you see outwardly from yeah. the lenses that you're seeing from. That's right. There was, uh, there's a mystic, the greatest of mystics, Saint Gregory Palamas. For 30 years he was praying only this prayer. Enlighten my darkness. Enlighten my darkness. Ooh, that's a good prayer. Isn't it? Wow. He did not name the Lord because he did not feel worthy to name him. He did not address it to anyone, but he said the prayer day and night more than he was breathing. Um, Because all he knew in himself was his darkness. You know, I'll tell you something. When When you don't see your own ego, you think you're pretty snazzy. 
<laughs> I'm pretty handled, man. <laughs> I went to a, a metaphysical class, I don't know, 30 years ago. And, um, and it was pretty amazing because the, the teacher there was, uh, talking about ego and she was declaring that she was free of ego. And I was stupid enough at the time to buy the story. <laughs> ego, <You're going>, wow. <laughs> <laughs> The thing of it is, is the more, uh, what, what's wrong with her theory that she was free of ego is once you really do start getting freed up of some of your ego, the more you get freed up of your ego, the more ego you see you have. That's right. It looms. That's right. Huge. Yeah. And you know you've made progress, so you know you're not in the hole you were like a year or five years ago, but still, all you do is see this huge ego. The more aware and pure you are, the more you see the dark sides and in you and, and the rest of the world. So a lot of these people, that all they can see is their darkness, the truth is, is they have a tremendous amount of light. A lot of times. It's usually the reverse. And the people that don't have any ego, run, Forrest, run. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Mastering Ourselves, and we will be right back. <laughs> 